0: Good
1: afternoon ladies and gentlemen, Is, is uh, how many people are here for the board game thing? Oh, give yourselves a round of applause! That's, that's absolutely fantastic. How many of you are already regular board gamers? Regular. Brilliant. How many of you aren't regular board gamers, but would like to know how you can use it in ministry? That's brilliant. Welcome to a world of not Monopoly. <laughs> You'll get used to this. Monopoly's a naughty word. OK, <laughs> so we're not going to use it very much. Um, I'll introduce it in a moment, but uh, just to try and just to get some headlines to draw you in a little bit. Between us we know of over 2,000 people at a a conservative estimate who are engaging with board gaming in church. Okay, that's just who we know of in the country. Two thirds of those people do not already attend a church. One third of those 2,000 are affected in some way by autism or autistic spectrum disorder. And the reason why I'm wearing glasses is because I have Asperger's and this really helps me keep the volume of all of you locked down just seeing you all. So if you just excuse me wearing these. How many of you knew that? How many of you are really surprised? Okay, so see? It is a ministry and the reason why we're excited about it is because um, it's basically, it's a ministry to those who aren't into sports. So Sporty Ministry has had all the limelight, and we're into something called Geek Ministry, and we're proud to be geeks. Ah, I love you lot already. So my name is Andy Gray, I'm an ordained pioneer minister. Um, I also work for the Diocese of Bath and Wells as faith sharing enabler. And uh, I love board games, and as I said, I am autistic as well. Right, this is Steve. Over to you Steve. Oh, we're doing this between us. It would have been well prepared, but he was poorly yesterday. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're kind of like we scratched this together, so we're bound to... He was going to stay with me overnight, so he's up north, but more about that later.
0: Hello, so I'm Sim Taylor. I am a family support worker for a church up in Crispin, and I've been doing geeky stuff and board game nights and things for that for... Ooh, Fifteen years, roughly, and in ministry for the past three or so. Um, but why? Yeah, that will be better, so. But why on earth bother with board games? Well, obviously, lots of you have already said that you play board games already. When you sit down to a board game, do you just sit there quietly in between your turns, not saying anything? So, sometimes you can, especially when somebody's just taking the card you want, and you sit there. and, Mm. but no, in general when you're playing a board game you start talking to people and barriers that are usually there just crumble straight away so i found that in pretty much every game I've got involved with somebody will ask me why are you a Christian? why are you doing this? what, what do you believe in? and there's been no other situation that I've ever been in where you've been able to sit down with people and within 10-15 minutes have them asking you why you're a Christian, asking you for your testimony. So it works brilliantly at collapsing those barriers, getting us talking to people, getting people actually invested in what it is that you're saying. Um, We've already said we're not talking about Monopoly. Um, How many board games? do you think are out there? Rough estimate, anybody want to shout out? Right? 100,000. 100,000? Oh, possibly. Rough estimate at the moment is that 100 new games come out per month, roughly. So there are many, many, many games out there. And they're all taking the formula that we know from things like Monopoly, from things like Cluedo, and making it so much better. Uh, And later on tonight, we'll be bringing some of them out for people to try. I know Andy's gonna talk about a couple in a moment. Um, So we've got all of these games out there. We've got um, video games out there. There's a couple of guys up in Manchester. They've been doing a uh, a lot of work on video games and spirituality. Now video games are all well and good, but there's always just one person playing it at a time. With board games, we have lots of people playing at the same time. You've always got at least two, and it can go up to, oh, I've, I've got a game with me today that can be played by a hundred people at once. So, you know, it covers such a broad spectrum of people. It gets them engaged. And with that, I'm going to pass you back over to Andy. We thought that a couple
1: of uh, changed faces would actually help. Right, so uh, talking about board games, how does it actually work where we can start thinking about church because it's great for us to be able to get together and play games with other people and that works really, really well and I'm sure you've got community and like we said, when you spend about 40 minutes to 2 to 3 to 4 even 5 hours over a game you form relationships. Okay so what's actually going on? One of the things is with, uh, with the autistic spectrum type things uh, one of the things I, I find difficult is social interaction. I'm not quite sure what to say, when to say, when it's my turn. You give us a board game and suddenly we all have to take turns. There are defined rules. And uh, I've been doing this for 25 years, to using uh, gaming to be able to teach certain things. And one of the biggest places, uh, one of the biggest areas for autistic people is in role play gaming and that really surprised me because I thought well that's social isn't it but there's defined rules and a lot of my friends who do role-play gaming they know the rule books that can go about that thick by the time you've finished and they know every single page and so I'd be sat there with my with my Asperger's friends and be going well on page 324 of the third book it says this and they're quoting it word for word I wish I knew the bible as well they're brilliant, so anyway. Um, so that's why it kind of works with those, with those people. But there are two ways in which we can use board games. We'll come in a minute to how we can build church out of it. But two ways in which we can use board games to have a, if you like, a God-centered uh, experience or whatever. The first way is, you'll be used to it, is the object lesson. You know the object lesson? Uh, where so like you, somebody might hold a match and say, This is the light of Jesus because Jesus is a light, you know, all that kind of thing. And so you can use board games like that. It's fairly easy to work out a lot. There are some which is almost like made for the job. And I found out, who plays, anyone play patchwork? Patchwork, you can see my piece of. Okay, patchwork is brilliant. Any ministers here? Any, any ministers? Right? Take patchwork to baptism couples. Yeah, I would say that because it's a brilliant way of explaining about Jesus, but as an analogy. So, what is patchwork? Patchwork is a game which is kind of like Tetris, I'm sure you're all familiar with Tetris, and you are trying to fit interestingly shaped pieces onto a board. It's produced by Mayfair Games, which is one of the biggest games manufacturers, publishers have been for many years. You get the you well, used to get the stuff in Toys R Us to the web bust. Um, but with patchwork. You've got these tessellated pieces, they go on a board, you score them as you go through, and you're trying to make it fit the best with no holes. Okay, that's what you're trying to do. All the pieces cost a certain amount of money, but you generate money off those things. So this one would cost one button, that's how it works. So the button's the currency. And they've all got button costs, like one or two free. And then you also get a time thing on it. So, uh, a little time label, and the time is the way that the game measured itself on the way around. This one is free. Yeah. Not only is it free, it's got a time unit of three on it. And it generates one button every time it scores. That is the shape of a cross. Do you want to know the best bit? If you try and get that as your last piece in the game, it won't fit on the board. If you get it as one of the first pieces and put it at the centre of the board, it fits beautifully and the game flows. (laughs) Just think, I'm not even going to tell you what that's like. Okay, just put it together yourself. Jesus in the middle, first place button, three days. Right, that's enough on that one. Right, so that's analogy. This means that. The other way, though, which came from uh, our friends in Manchester, actually one of them lives in Exeter, um, who came up with video games and spirituality, and they said it's not a this means that kind of thing, it's the experience. So you want video games and spirituality by Grove booklets. Video games and spirituality by Grove booklets. And they've written about you take the experience and explore Jesus through the experience of playing the game and life issues, through the experience of the game, it's not this means that, and so we can do the same with board games. It's harder, but it is possible. Uh, who's familiar with that one? Just zero. Okay, Dixit is a game whereby you uh, you have a storyteller and the storyteller picks a card and play it later on. You'll see how it works. But basically, the idea is that we can experience it. So we take a card, if you just open it up and find a card for me. Dead quick. Okay, thank you. We take a card, and the storyteller, uh, to turn it into a worship experience, the person who's leading the group will go, right, well i found a card that makes me think about Jesus, and so I'm now going to say that word to everybody else. You've got to find a card about Jesus. And they go, okay, so they found a card about Jesus. And then everybody starts interpreting. They're all different colored cards with pictures. And they say, well, I see Jesus in this, or I see Jesus in that. And it is an incredible worship experience because you'll start to all say, this is who I think Jesus is. And you bring all of those ideas together. And I was really surprised. My friends down there, Paul, it was quite moving, wasn't it? It was a really moving experience. We have put, we're going to go through a bit later about sort of like some stuff on the web for you. I've put the outline of that on the web. Steve, uh, he's going to tell you in a second about his Twitter handle so you can find it. Anybody on Twitter? Yeah, good. You can find it on Twitter or Instagram. He's done, he's doing 40 outlines during the whole of Lent about how you can do discipleship. Okay, so we've got loads of outlines already available for you.
0: And, uh, yes. Yeah. It's actually going to be 46, because I forgot that Sundays were not part of Lent. So there's going to be quite a few of <laughs> them. That, that was a surprise when I came to it. I was like, ah, oh, I'm on to day 35. Hang on, Lent doesn't finish until next week. What's going on? But yeah, um, anyway, um, yeah, so there's, there's lots and lots and lots of uh, things that, that can be used in this um, analogous or exemplary way of looking at games. Um, if you look for me on um, Twitter or Instagram, it's at that sign, Steve Taylor Gamer, S T E T A Y L O R Gamer, um, and that will, you know, bring up that massive list of, of games for you there. Um, there's also a website that I'm running, which goes through these games. It explains what the game is, how you play it. It gives you some ideas of things that you can use to explore people's character. Uh, so what makes them tick, what makes them them. And then links it to scripture. So there will be a passage for each of the games. The website, uh, and that website is uh, net. Which Andy will hold up in a moment. We were trying We've...
1: to use this, but it's too bright.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So that's gamesforall.net. There is a a MailChimp thing on there, which you'll get sent all 46 of the pictures that I've done on Twitter and Instagram, if you sign up to it. Um, Yeah, you are a bit of an auction person, yeah, yeah. Um, There are loads and loads of resources out there for board games and ministry. And, And when I first started, I thought, I'm the first person I'm going to pioneer in this. And then I found Andy, who'd been doing it for a few years before I had. And then dug a bit deeper, I found people in America who've been doing it for decades. It is a massive thing, and it's going to become something massive in the UK very, very soon. And by doing these board game nights, by doing these board game outreaches, you're bringing people into the church building who would ordinarily never step foot in at all. In fact, the number of people I've had who've stepped in and have gone, I've not set on fire, is surprising. And the number of those people who have then gone, you know what, what's this messy church that I keep seeing adverts for? Can can I bring my family to it? And you go, yeah, of course you can. Or what's this Chris Stingell? Can I bring my family to that? And they start coming along to the occasional church event. And they start getting their children baptised. They start becoming involved in the different events that are running in church. It's absolutely amazing. I've got one guy who comes, who's in a wheelchair. He's got quite severe disabilities. And he came along to the first session that we ran of my board game night. And as he came in, he said to me, he introduced himself, and he said, um, I've come along because this is at a church so I knew it would be a safe place for me to come and it's the first time I've come out of the house on my own for five years and he felt he was able to come along on his own because it was a church event, it was a church that was running it and you find that time and time again we're reaching these people who ordinarily would be stuck at home, would be stuck feeling lonely and we're helping them build friendships and even, even if that was all that we could do, was help them build friendships, that would be enough. But They don't just build friendships with us, they start to build a friendship with God as well. And that's a good point pass back over to you.
1: So the way that, um, the way that I started off um, my board game group up north that Steve found out about before I moved down here is uh, I was ministering in a kind of like a dual role. So I was in a traditional church and a fresh expression of church that we'd started off. And I had to build a, a new relationship with the local community and with a new estate and I was scratching my head thinking about it and uh, I was talking to somebody in the traditional church at uh, one moment and um, he expressed an interest that you he, that he like playing poker and I thought brilliant poker church brilliant so I went to the bishop very excited and said I'm gonna start a poker church and he went mm, gambling as a church Maybe not, so I've got friends who play poker as Outreach, and that's fine, but he didn't really want me to start a poker church, so I went back scratched my head again. And this really tall bloke walked in, uh, about 22 years old, and he said, uh, and he started talking to me, and it turned out that he, that he was uh, on the autistic spectrum anyway. And I was talking, and he said to me, and we started talking about things, and he started telling me about uh, Pathfinders and Dungeons and Dragons, and I was talking to him, and I said, you know, we just talked for 10 minutes on your passion. And he went, oh yeah! And he said, "Will you do me a favour? Could you come to my group?" You're all right then. So he invited me to go uh, to his role-playing group, and I got a character—not played in years. I got a character, and because I'm an illustrator, I became their campaign artist. So I, so because there's quite a bit of downtime role-playing came in role-playing gaming, so as I sat there, they were telling the stories, and I would illustrate them live. Oh, I was popular. And we have that? Yeah, sure, there you go then. So, and these were people who never went to church at all. Never went to church. Anyway, I was talking to this chap, and he said, I'll talk to my other two friends who also live in the town. So we did, and none of them were Christians. In fact, one of them was a pagan. One of them was uh, an atheist. And one of them had some very interesting ideas about Jesus. And I said, I've got this idea. How about we create a pop-up board game cafe? And, uh, and they said, oh, we'll give you lots of money to buy board games. I said, don't you dare, it might not work. I said, instead, I shall make money from nothing. How? I said, well, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm sure I can do it. Anyway, I won't go into details on how I did it, but part of it was to do with Facebook and Amazon. And I create. is anybody here part of board game Price Drop? Anybody, nobody, nobody part of board game. You see, we're missing so many people. And basically, it was what a group of Central, I think it's about two and a half thousand members now on there. Two and a half thousand members. And I used that to generate income to buy about three thousand pounds worth of board games for the pop up board game shop from nothing. And these three guys ran it with me. Not Christians, but they ran it and they knew that I had an agenda of actually wanting to talk about Jesus. We don't talk about agendas, but let's face it, I wanted to talk about Jesus. And we sat down, and in a very natural way, they asked me about Jesus and we had problems. We talked about Jesus. Not all the while. Sometimes we talked about the rules in role play gaming. But most of the time we talked, uh, we talked about the board games and built it up and they made a connection with some of my friends. And it started building up. And it's so good that I left there a good few months ago and it's still going. And it's starting to build a thing of itself. So what this means is, how are we working it? Well, we're, if you're familiar with the phrase fringes of church, that basically means you've got church, and you've got the people you relate to. And I'm going to, I'm going to completely mess a Bible verse up here, so please forgive me for this. Um, but you know what Jesus said, um, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the ends of the earth? If you're familiar with that one, about reaching out, going kind of onion skin, reaching to the next layer. That's what our fringes are. And I think there are four fringes. You've got a closed fringe, That's not me. Who's who's that whistling? Uh, That was my autistic side, something flared up. Uh, The closed fringe, who I would say the people who uh, you know well, they don't come to all the services, but they might come sometimes, but they come to the events that you run, and you can guarantee that they'll come, but they've just never really committed to coming to church. Then you've got the attractional fringe, the ones who are attracted. So they might be the ones who come to an event at your church or maybe a regular lunch club or something like that. So uh, all sorts of people come to those. Then you've got gathered fringes. They are not the people who are gathered in your church. Rather, they are the clubs outside the church who gather for another reason so for example a cycling group or a knitting group or a craft group which aren't part of your church so i would term those as gathered but they're in your circle so they're your fringe and then you've got dispersed who are people like neighbors school gate ministry all of those kind of things those are the ones who are dispersed so they're not gathered for a purpose board games ministry works brilliant for those who uh, you would like to see coming to use your church building, but actually you probably wouldn't see as part of your uh, your normal remit within church. So a tra- an attractive friend. I'll come back to that in a second. Gathered for board games, you could go to a board game cafe with your friends and play board games. But don't just keep it within your circle. Invite other people who are in that cafe to play board games with you. How many of you got a board game cafe near you? Yeah, well, I tell you what, within the next five years, all the hands here will be up. Because board game cafes are launching all over the place. If you have a look at Google Trends, it's one of the steepest rising things. Um, so what was I going to say? I'm going to mention... Um, oh, yes. I want to tell you about um, so, uh, a minister in Froome. I hope I'm not going to butcher this too much, it was just on a conversation I heard it. Minister in Froome, big board gamer, loves it. They've converted part of their church to be able to help them with board games ministry. They're regularly, each week they have a board games group and each month they have a tabletop role, uh, tabletop wargaming, Such as Warhammer and that kind of thing, okay? And they, uh, and they wanted to do a reorganization of the church. The tabletop water gamers, they uh, used their skills to help, even though they weren't church people, to help reorder the church and do the building of things. And one of those people who didn't go to church went to his business and said, will you um, uh, arrange for me to do a training course And then get passed and certified to sign off um, work that's done building wise the business paid for them to do that and then they could sign off the work in the church for free that's quite awesome isn't it and this is how it goes right the mustard seeds the kingdom of heavens, like a mustard seed, doesn't grow one tree. It's actually a bush, and it goes out, and it's underground, and it pops things up all over the place. That's the world we're living in.
0: Okay, but what do these bushes that pop up all around the place look like? Well, we've got five different types that have worked so far that we've been involved with. One that we've mentioned quite a lot is your board game outreach evening, all afternoon, or day. But basically, you provide a load of board games, and you say to people, "Come along, and play." And whilst they're playing, hopefully, you've got enough Christians there with you that you'll have a Christian involved in every game, and those conversations will naturally happen, and people will talk about what their faith are, and, and it works brilliantly. Um, I'm currently actively helping seven churches around Lancashire uh, run it, one of which is that cafe up in Clitheroe, one's at my church, and then quite a few, a, a few others, I won't name them. Um, another one that works, sorry, I've got a list of them here. Helps when your phone freezes, there we go. Um, another one is going into schools. So I currently go into a high school, they've got a new head teacher, so I thought, well, I'll go in, I'll test my luck, see what happens. And they said, if you can find something that we don't have, that you can offer us, then sure, go ahead. So I went in with the idea of a board gaming geeky club after school. Because when I used to be a teacher, I'd always run geeky clubs because you've got plenty of sports clubs, you've got all the athletics, you've got all the footy and all of that, and then a load of kids that are left, who sit there just going, well, we're not interested in that, we'll just go go home at the end of the day. In each of the schools that I ran a geeky club, 10% at least of the school population would come on a weekly basis. So I'd have between 60 and 120 kids coming along just to have some geeky board games, um, sci-fi fancy book reading, all, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, I'll give this a go, see if as a minister we can do it. And they let me in. And then when I figured out I could actually tie it into Duke of Edinburgh Award as well, suddenly I've got all these year 10s coming in because they've just started their Duke of Edinburgh Award, doing a massive role-playing game with me each week because it's going to count towards everyone's award. So it gives you those alleyways in to secular organisations as well. Um, I've managed to get into the local children's centre. They asked me to do a family event for them using the board games that we had. And in fact, they gave me 700 pounds to go and buy more board games, specifically for kids between the age of two and five so then they'd be able to join in and get involved. And that works brilliantly. Um, originally we marketed it as a dads and kids thing, but unfortunately dads don't like coming out to things on their own, they get scared. So we opened it to families and suddenly it worked really, really well. Um, there's also, um, at big Christian festivals, I know that Christians Against Poverty tend to have their big cap tents now where they've got their cafes on, they've always got board games there because quite a few of the senior managers in Cap are avid board gamers and are part of the board gaming ministry group that we've got running. Um, and yeah, I think that about covers the examples, so I shall pass back.
1: Right, so I mentioned at the beginning some really startling facts about and a conservative estimate, the ones we know of 2,000 people were coming to our board game groups. How do I know that? Well, if you remember I said that I started up this Facebook group to uh, generate funds. So Steve's given you the other way, which is actually by uh, looking for charity money and that kind of thing. We reckon 150, 200 pounds to get started from scratch. All right, the good news is that once you start a board game groups, it attracts board gamers who have their own games. And what they love to do more than anything else is play their games with you. Okay, now this is crucial. Remember the ministry of the 70ish who, uh, who Jesus sent out to the towns and villages? And Jesus said, eat whatever is put before you. Guess what, as soon as you let them serve you with their board games, they become your best friend. If you keep saying, I want to play the games I've bought, then they'll go, oh. But they love to share. Okay, so this is a great way of building connections. And if they invite you to their home, go. But what happened was this. I um, I built this group and because I'm a little bit careful, I wanted to make sure that, you know, only the right people were joining. And there weren't so like people who were gonna mess me group up. So I so you put the questions that you have on Facebook groups of, are oh, you a ball gamer? What's your favourite game? And these reverends kept showing up. I'm thinking, bye heck, what? Reverends playing board games? I thought I was the only one. Ooh, this is interesting. So I started, uh, I started getting in touch with them and I found out something very interesting. It seems as though cricket and trains is becoming a thing of the past. Ministers now like tabletop wargaming and board games okay and cycling and I thought I was unique liking cycling and board gaming and I thought oh no I'm just a typical vicar so anyway so I got in touch with these people and said look do you know what I've discovered there's loads of us into this how about I start a Facebook group to support us all I said there's just one thing we'll keep it one of those super secret groups Because although we have, and we've got to face it, we have an agenda of wanting to tell the world how awesome Jesus is. We don't have an agenda of forcing people to become Christians. Okay? What makes us Christians is that we're there because we believe we've got something which everybody else needs. But it's not our role to force somebody to become a Christian. I hope that's quite clear. And so we set up with a little bit of tension, because I wasn't sure how they take it, this secret group so that we could exchange ideas, we could support one another in prayer, so that we could talk about um, uh, what worked and what didn't work. We've now got just over 100 members. We've just taken our first Finnish uh, minister, and we've got a combination of community workers, ministers, um, people who represent board gaming communities in their place. Some of them doing board games in church, some of them doing board games in other places. And we're getting stories of people who are becoming Christians through those routes, very gently. And actually, um, we have got it on a piece of paper here. Unfortunately, we couldn't show it up here. Which is, you can download it from a Dropbox. So uh, I'll have information later for you. So that you can actually get started and see the information coming through. But we share all sorts. And I asked the group, how many in your board game groups? And the minimum in each board game group was 20. So that's why we can say 100 times 20 is 2,000. And I said, tell me how many people roughly don't come to church already? On average, two thirds of the people did not come to church. Then I said to them, how many people roughly look as though they're probably on the autistic spectrum? Bit harder to find, but roughly it turned out to about a third of those people. That's how we know. And we're growing by one or two ministers or community workers every single week and what we'd like to do is invite you to come and join what we're putting together we've got resources on there we've got support if you come from a PCC or your church eldership We've got evidence you can take to say how good this is and say, well, we've got facts about how big it all is. You know, There's more money spent on Kickstarter on board games than there was on video games. <laughs> yeah. We've got Guardian articles. We've got articles from specialists. We've got articles from people who are saying that when they play board games with people who have mental learning difficulties, that it changes their lives and they become what's called self-actualised and start thinking themselves. It rewires brains. But most of all, people are discovering community and relationship and actually coming to know Jesus. The question is, how can we move people from just a gathering for board games into a place where they're starting to explore who Jesus is? If you look on your smartphones, or you can go on the web at fx colon godsend, or you Google godsend app, so it's G-O-D-S-E-N-D, and you'll come to Fresh Expressions. And there is a little app that's been put together by a guy called Michael Moyner and a team, and it actually, it's not a, this is how to do board games, this is how to do community. And how starting with a community of people, you can transition into exploring Jesus. And it's a brilliant way, if you overlay this over the idea of board games, you will see a way of taking things forwards. Is, is that it? Are we done? Have you got one more thing? Are, are we actually on time as well? Good grief. Five minutes questions, and then over to Matt and he'll be able to uh, take you through one or two little bits. Don't go away until he's done that, and then we're out of here at 3.45. Any questions? Oh, hang on a minute. I'm going to come over to you with the mickey phone. Is that all right? Thank you. Have you all been able to hear clearly, by the way? Has it been all right? Fantastic. I know my northern voice, and I talk a bit fast. Hold it. There.
2: Is it better to use shorter games that take about 45 minutes, or should
0: you sort of launch into two
1: or three and... Right, the way that we played it in our group is that we spent... um, uh, When we started off, we started on Tuesday and it failed. Not fail fail, but only the four of us who were organising it turned up for a while. It started off okay and then dwindled and they actually said to me, we're going to give up um, on this and it was actually mainly adults because we met in a a kind of pub. tell you about it later. Um, and I said, to, I said to them, well look, let's not stop yet, and one of the people who came said, there's no board game group for our families, and we really want to get our kids into this, this kind of thing, could we can spend time together? And so I said, well the problem is that um, after nine o'clock, gentlemen start drinking, not just gentlemen, ladies as well, but some of the gentlemen who came, well they like to use, shall we call them F-bombs quite a lot. And I said, I don't really want to be moaned out that the kids are hearing some of this thing. So I said, what we'll do is we'll run from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock. And in that case, we ran short games. So we ran 20 to 45 minute games in that period. So that the kids could get involved and maybe they could have a couple of games and that kind of thing. And then from 9 o'clock, we could play a long game. And that was when we found that actually we had a turnover. And other people, the, 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 uh, uh, the older people came... Um, and we played their games. Which was a pain because I had a bootload of heavy games to carry upstairs. And we hardly used them because they brought their games. My man. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the answer. Um, I was going to say something else about it as well. Uh, and I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, so I mean, we're talking about 40 people in that group now on a regular basis. Does that help? Does that answer? Oh, the other thing, sorry. Hosting. If you are hosting, if you're running the evening, do not expect to get a game, alright? That's quite key. You pr- until Unless you do a swap over, you've got to keep your eye open to people coming in. You have to have a rough knowledge of the games. Did you have a question? What night works best for families? You have to ask them. Uh, we thought it would be a Tuesday, but the best night we found in the end for us was a Friday. Steve, what night for you? Wednesday. Wednesday for Steve. Uh, entrepreneurial things say, start with your clients, talk to a small group, make it very good for a very small group and then ask them what they want. And then build everything around them. That's how you do it, alright? Any more questions? One behind you, oh, hello, oh, oh, oh. On the expensive seats in the back.
2: What's your favorite board game?
1: Favorite board game has got to be Flam Rouge at the moment. I brought it, have you played Flam Rouge? Flam Rouge is, you're always looking for a game which matches theme to um, it matches theme to mechanic and they're very rare usually they're called what we call a pasted on theme or a pasted on mechanic flam rouge i'm a cyclist and it's about cycling the sword of france and when i'm playing it i feel breathless going up hills and it's brilliant okay so if i get a chance to play you later if you're a cyclist i challenge you all right if you're not a cyclist you'll still love it it's a brilliant game only 40 minutes long any more questions any more any more questions right in that case steve have you got any last words you want to say or is that over to matt okay with that light thank you very much for coming though and listening to what we've got to say thank you
2: yeah thanks very much guys really well done um a few things for me so uh yeah as he said, I work for Spring Harvest and through that I've been able to get a board games week started at our campsite in France called La Paz The Spring Harvest holiday stand is just around there, you may have seen, uh, some of you may have been there, I don't know. But um, So we run a board games week in September and that I find is a really good opportunity to bring gaming friends to. So you might have board gaming outreach and you might be thinking, well I don't want to interrupt the evening's flow to... Do a God spot or try and do an altar call because that would just be wrong. It wouldn't fit with the with the atmosphere of the evening. But you might want to bring people to a week where they're able to meet other Christians and hear talks from a really keen gamer called Andrew Keel, um, one of the hairy game lords uh, who you can find online. And it's a it's a brilliant opportunity. We've been doing this for six years so far. This year's the seventh and i'd love to talk to you more about this if you're interested in that um i'm understand the, the info point uh for this week because i'm here on customer care that's my main role and i'll be going back there in a minute um okay and then also we have uh, a board games weekend uh in kent at oak hall I don't know if you've heard of oak hall expeditions they're based in otford manor and yeah a bit of recognition there uh and they do holidays and weekends uh, all over the place throughout the year um, but they do, an, uh, do a board games weekend in December and so that's a really good place to go to meet other Christian gamers and um, so that's a really fun time as well. I have an email list that I send out information about some of these things too and I can tell you where to find the board games ministry Facebook group and all these other things that
1: you have to make
2: friends with us. Yeah, well, I can, I can get you how to get onto that Facebook group and tell you those links that, uh, that Andy and Steve have told you about. So if you'd like to be on my email list, um, don't worry, I won't be bombarding. I just send two emails a year. So it'd be great to be connected to you like that. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, so I'll bring that round, and I've got lots and lots of flyers for the Board Games Week, and it'd be great if you could take some to your friends, your gaming people that you might already have, and it would be uh, yeah really good to hear from you. I'll wrap it up and pass it on to Andy.
1: Right, so can I just see, how many of you now would like to start a board game ministry? How many of you already have a board game ministry? How many of you would like more, more support to perform a board game ministry? That's not too bad. How many just like playing board games? Fantastic, thank you very much.